Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, hey. We're back, we're black, we're brown. Ambition, 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 ambition. Hey, Mandra. Hi, gorgeous. How are you with your beautiful hair today? Well, I'm hanging in there. You know I am, but the sun is shining and we survived the biblical floods in on the on the on the East Coast on Friday. (laughs) That was crazy. Uh, it was it was biblical and i mean it um Mm -hmm. yeah it was nuts but shout out to my community my neighbors we all rallied together Mm -hmm. and one mom stayed at the bus stop because so the other moms who were stuck in traffic and couldn't get home for their kids pickup early pickup dismissal and you know and um one of my friends one of my neighbors lynn came and watched my baby while i got rio early from school because you had to walk you couldn't even drive yeah well, I could have, but I didn't want to get, it would have been fine going there, but I would have been stuck in so much traffic getting back mm. that I figured, let me just park the car. And I just told myself, it's like 10 city blocks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a New Yorker, you just like, whatever. Um, and Rio had a, he had a ball. He was like, this is fun. There's water features now. There's police, heli- there's like police fire no, boats and features. fire trucks and <laughs> fire people and all this like commotion and he was just he told everyone who wanted to hear that we saw lots of flooding and and the train station flooded and but um it was i mean neighbors um basements flooded and Mm. we're we're lucky we're on like a bit of a hill okay um, but our neighbors at the base of the hill Mm. yeah got flooded and my friend's car got flooded at the train station it's going to be totaled um so you know i mean luckily no that i know of no loss of life or injuries near here but it was bad yeah um and in my infinite wisdom, I was like, told the babysitter, you can go home. It looks pretty bad out there. And then when the school was like, come get your kid, I was like, oops, <laughs> just <laughs> shot myself in the foot. <laughs> so that's where my neighbor Lynn came in. So okay. how was it in Newark? It wasn't. I mean, so I flew out. I'm actually in Atlanta right now. So when the rain started, I was mm. flying out. Thank God. I mean, I don't know if they delayed any flights, but I had a really early flight at 7 a.m. So I remember like. Like being like, what the hell? Because it started raining the night before. And in the morning, I'm like, it's raining kind of hard. Um, So much so that like our Uber, this never happened to me before. We heard a big boom. Like he drove to a puddle and we heard this like big boom and mm. his tire blew out completely. Oh. Thankfully, I mean, he had great control. In Atlanta? No, no. This is in Jersey on the way to the airport. Oh, I was going to say in Atlanta, you got the pothole posse. That was like a big <laughs> thing back in the 90s. <laughs> And I, I was like, what? So that never happened to me before. Thankfully, we're all okay. The Uber driver was so nice. I felt so bad yeah. for him because this tire was finito. And so another Uber picked us up and took us to the airport. Um, and um, yeah, I got to Atlanta and the weather here is like 80 degrees. And I'm like, wait, I'm so confused. 80 and sunny. I feel like I'm in the Caribbean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but this time of year, it's not incredibly humid. Yeah, no, so no, you no, can no, enjoy yeah. that little dry yes, 80. Yes, it See is. that. Yes. I have to is, say, it's really, yeah. I mean, I like brought jeans and I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Literally, it's shorts and tank top weather. I'm, I'm so confused. My body's like, I'm confused. <laughs> You're probably going to like get sick now or I know, something. For real. Because it's, yeah, it's just really, really. <laughs> so I'm out here because I did this conference called A3C. I said A3C? AC3? A3C. Which mm-hmm. it's like a, this conference focused on finance, tech, and entertainment. Um, and so it was great. Like I, the networking has been amazing. I forget how people down South are so nice. Um, everyone is like, you know, like sometimes you go to like a conference and you speak or whatever, and you just feel like the other speakers are not quite as welcoming. Um, but that was not the case here. I've heard that in particular, 
that Atlanta, the black professionals are really just open to being like, I'm doing this. How can I help you? And, you know, let's collaborate that there's this collaborative kind of like energy here. And I, I mean, I can see it full time. Like I, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Um, the master investor, Ian, um, his, he had a bodyguard. So Ian's like on that, um, um, market Mondays with earn your leisure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we had was, him on the podcast with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like he had the bodyguard, bodyguard, big guy, muscular, all this. And so I ended up just talking to him and I was just like, you know, how, how, you know, like, are you a bodyguard for other people? And he named some other rappers. He's like, I'll never want to do that work. He said, because rappers are the biggest punks. He was like, um, you know, I've had rappers punch people in the face and look at me like, you got him, right? It's like, wait, he was like, I would love to be like, do more like of the finance guys, which I think is hilarious that finance guys now have like bodyguards, but whatever. Um, he said, because, you know, they're super chill. You're just more so that no one's going to yeah. like steal from you or, or whatever. And so, um, but he was telling mm-hmm. me, he was like, actually, you know, like I'm an accountant by trade. I mean, this guy is massive, like six, two, six, four. I mean, muscles on muscles. Like, yeah. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, you know, I started doing accounting and I really want to get into finance. And he was like, so one of the reasons I made the switch into doing body bodyguard work for this industry is because proximity. I want to learn. I just thought that was so awesome, mm. you know, and he was like, Ian's yeah, aware. Clever. Yeah. And I just love that for him. I was like, OK. So, yeah. Gosh. So it was just you've mentioned before that financial like pros influencers now have bodyguards. Yeah. And I was like, wow, we reached that stage. huh? Yeah. I don't know. Not me. Because he asked me, did I have one? And I was like, no, no one's run up the on me. only. Yeah, I would be. Sh- but your vibe is different than some. Yeah. I'm I can see lie. how master investor with his marketing <laughs> yeah, could be a target. <laughs> because you know me, I'm a target Marshall's girl. So you go see me there and be like, hey, girl, you're going to run up. You and- say that a lot. I see why now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take me for ransom. I know. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> in my family can afford me. I'm the one with money. <laughs> oh, maybe they'll take some. Oh, no. Not baby Lisa. Not ba- this is where my head is going. They're going to kidnap Lisa. They're going to hold you for ransom. It's going to be all this crypto. Okay. But like, no, but Never honestly, yeah, I just, so yeah, it's just been like, that was really cool. But I wanted to talk about like, so it was so crazy because, you know, the phones be listening. So mm-hmm. when I was, I landed in Atlanta and I'd opened up my Instagram and there was this post saying the the Atlanta that nobody wants you to see. And I was like, uh. huh? And it was like this post of this a woman who was showing parts of downtown Atlanta were like just a lot of unhoused people, just like areas that were a little seedy looking. And I was like, mm. this is like when I first landed. I didn't think anything mm-hmm. of it until I got to, so my hotel where I'm staying is in Midtown, like literally well, directly downtown, downtown. And mm-hmm. um, the day I landed, it was still, we landed pretty early. And I said, oh, well, you know me, I love my walks. I said, let me go for a walk. I can say I've traveled to many different places. I mean, just this year alone, Egypt, Kenya, you know, London, Paris, Amalfi Coast, and and I live in Newark. I have not felt unsafe like this in a long time. Downtown. There were mm. so many unhoused people. And it wasn't the unhoused part, but it was the unhoused that were unwell. It hmm. was there were so many aggressive, like either whether Whereabouts? It was, what'd you say? Just downtown, like where are we talking? Yeah. Give me a landmark. So, okay, so da, 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 I'm not really good at like, mm, like uh, Centennial Park, Mercedes Stadium. Yeah, so by Mercedes Stadium, but also too Southwest. by like Peach, Peach, uh, Peach, was it Peach Street? Okay, well, there's 75 Peach Street. I know. I'm just like, like the, I mean, but like, um, like, um, I'm trying yeah. to think like the Chan, is it the Candler Hotel, which is like right downtown? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, the heart of Atlanta. I can't even, mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, I don't have my, 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 my bearing, but. I mean, but even I walked about three miles one way and back, you know, so I got to see like, I mean, certainly there were parts I'm like, oh, okay, this is clearly a part like, you know, that gets a little nicer. Um, it's been but, gentrified. Yeah. Yes. But I, I was really shocked. Like, like I said, unhoused people, you know, I, I see all the time, but the amount that were, I don't know whether it was, um, you know, um, under the influence or there's just mental health. But the um the sheer amount, Mandy, there was literally streets where the whole street was just people laying and not just laying like, you know, like off to the side, but in the middle of the sidewalk. I just was like, wait, what? It seemed like a movie. Like it seemed you could film the zombie apocalypse and be like, you don't have to switch anything. 
Mm. And I just, I'd never seen, I, there was, so, so, you know, the martyr, so, you know, the big, um, five points, um, martyr, um, that was when it was like the word. I was, there was one side of downtown mm. Atlanta on that, um, that, um, train station and the other side, I, I never, it looked like an abandoned, like, I, I can't even describe it. There must have been like 50 or 60 men standing outside of this Walgreens, just kind of like standing, waiting. I don't know for, you know, like, and it just was heartbreaking to see. And I just, I didn't, I, I guess I, I'm like, I honestly was for, at a loss for words. You know, there were parts where I'm like, this is the, this is where it's the smell of urine made me gag, like right outside the mm. martyr station where I'm just like, people are just like literally police tapping people to see, are, are they still here with us? Because of the way mm. they were just laid out. I've never seen anything like it. And so I, um, I went to, uh, they had this African Caribbean festival. I went there yesterday, which was great fun. It was great. And on the way back, I, I ordered an Uber and it was uh, this young woman who I went to high school with, Kiana. I was like, Oh my God, Kiana, what are you doing here? You know, she lives, she grew up in Jersey and we just got to talking and I asked her about it. She's like, yeah, it's been getting worse and worse and worse. And then she informed me that, um, that in, uh, August alone, I think I want to say she said August or maybe the July, there were 80,000 evictions, not, not in the state of Georgia, in Atlanta alone. And wow. I was just like, what's really happening? That it is becoming, um, it, it gets becoming too expensive for basic needs. Everything is going up, but, but, um, but income. And so yeah. I'm just wondering, like, city to city to city, is this, kind of like what's happening you know what I mean like where people just don't even like you can't we talk about like oh I can't afford a house that's one thing but mm -hmm. literally I can't afford to have a safe place to lay my head it seems like that's what's happening now I've read someplace too that um the current president has this like affordability housing crisis like kind of like task force or something that mm -hmm. like because yeah, I just, yeah. Well, the thing is, and you know, I knew you were going to talk about this and um, I was coming today to talk about the childcare cliff because my store, my head at, head's at is like, you know, the incredible cost of childcare and how little we give a fuck about children in this country. Mm -hmm. And it's so sad. Um, I'm like shaking my grippy socks that I got. So I won't slip on my hardwood floors. <laughs> <laughs> And in my research over that, I'm like, and you talking about this, mm -hmm. these are, I feel like, two issues that have been, one, one, they were already in existence, right? Pre-pandemic. The unhoused, um, you know, in Atlanta. I mean, go back to the Olympics, if you recall, like in the 90s, when we had the Olympics in Atlanta, it was a city too busy to hate, you know, and they all had this sparkling marketing campaign. Mm -hmm. And yet they were like shoveling the homeless yes. off the steps of downtown Atlanta, like, get out of here. We don't want this on the brochure. Yes. You know, we don't want people like you, Tiffany, <laughs> visiting Atlanta for the Olympics and being distracted by this mm -hmm. riffraff, you know, this, the mess under the bed, the mess that we shove in the closet. And I, you know, um, and yeah, and Atlanta is victim to the same forces that have pushed out, um, you know, low to middle income people, even in New York, mm -hmm. where I moved to um, 13, yeah, 13 years ago, you get pushed further and further and further away. You're not erasing the problem, but because mm -hmm. of rising prices and gentrification um, and no social safety nets, yeah. um, you just, you know, shove the problem out. And I think in Atlanta, what's interesting and not interesting, but in New York, there's hidey holes. There's mm -hmm. everything is so big and so massive and there's so many distractions and you have the subway system mm -hmm. where a lot of the unhoused um, will seek refuge mm -hmm. and you have, you do have shelters, um, but they're tucked away and yes. you know, there's, I think they've, they sort of, and I, with the, yeah, they're spread, you know, it's so much area in Atlanta. I think because the relationship most people have with the city is through driving. Mm. Like you don't walk Atlanta, like you were walking Atlanta. You don't typically do that. The The city is moving toward more of a walking culture. Mm -hmm. They finally have the, um, the, uh, what do you call that? That pathway everyone walks on in Atlanta. I can't, I can't think of it mm. anyway. But, um, so all that to say is it was already a problem, but that, and also the lack of childcare, they were both issues before, but during the pandemic, what happened? We finally got our shit together and had some social safety nets put in place. Mm -hmm. So you had the eviction moratorium, which is one thing that was put in place that until um, 
this past summer, a lot of the in Atlanta is one of those states or sorry, one of those cities where the eviction moratorium expired and they chose not to continue it. And that's where you got that 80,000 you know, number. Yeah. And then I looked in September, it was 12,000. So mm-hmm. it's come down from that peak, but you see how many people were on the cusp, you know? Yeah. And at the same time, we also right now are just fell off of a childcare cliff. Like all this extra funding that the government provided childcare centers during the pandemic so they could stay open, so they could pay their staff um, has also expired. And I'm having, a. I know that we averted the government shutdown. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because I ha- it's just not a headline issue, but I can't figure out, did we go over the cliff? I don't, I think we did. Mm. I don't think it was saved in this 45 day extension of the federal budget. Um, so I, without these, and I'm not saying that this, the eviction moratorium, that was never gonna solve yeah. homelessness. <laughs> it was, it was bad for landowners, land, you know, um, landlords mm-hmm. and, you know, homeowners and home and all that. It was it wasn't a perfect solution. Neither would injecting an infusion of cash into childcare because the reality is that it's just so expensive yeah. and families can't afford it. So they needed those subsidies or else they would have to start, as they have been, passing on the cost to families yep. and losing customers that way. Um or losing their staff to like my son's daycare that he used to go to before i finally got access to you universal pre-k mm-hmm. they had several of his teachers that quit in the last few months and it this daycare was known for not having a lot of turnover which is quite you know hard to do yeah. um and it was like they were getting higher wages somewhere else mm. you know and these were great people that they lost and it's just it just makes me think of the lack of social safety nets and call me a bleeding heart liberal all you want, but it's not, we have, we can't not care yeah. about the most vulnerable children, yeah. the chronically mentally ill, yeah. of course, um, We're the elderly. <clears throat> I don't know if you can feel it, but I can feel it. Just from just talking casually to friends that were doing fine, who are not doing fine. I'm talking about people mm. who have, you know, college education and degrees and experience and have been out of work for months and months and months. I mean, you see it with your many money makers. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like we're in this like dangerous tipping point where, you know, the economy is, you know, I mean, one of the things I, I heard on the panel over and over, I was on the financial panel with um, Ian, um, the master investor, um, um, a really big um, real estate investor. His name is Cedric Nash, um, Melinda Hightower. I think she is the, um, oh, I forget. She is the managing director, I think, of like of U- USB, UBS. That's a big, of a, of their multicultural. It's a big. UBS, the bank, mm-hmm. the investment bank. Yeah. Um, yeah, And UBS. then Ross Mack. And so one of the things that came up is that like, you know, whether they call it or not, you know, that um, we are headed towards some rush, rush, um, rough financial times. But I mean, you can see it. I saw someone post, um, they, they, um, they use an app to order groceries and they said, let me show you how much my groceries cost in 2020 versus 2023. And it was like this water I normally get, you know, the same quantity was, you know, $4. Now it's six seventy-five. Things were some things, you know, up a hundred percent. And it's yeah. like, how? like, I don't, I think people don't, <clears throat> I, you know, my parents are from a country when, where there is no middle class, and it's just uber wealthy and the vast majority of people don't have. And it makes for very dangerous living because I did not feel safe walking down downtown two o'clock in the afternoon, Atlanta. I mean, mm-hmm. the uh, like uh, people were just approaching me in ways that were really aggressive and scary. Um, and mm-hmm. I, like I said, I live in Newark where I'm just like, okay, you know, I've never felt unsafe walking downtown Newark. I'm just like, you know, you keep your eyes yeah. about you. You're like, okay. But no, it was a different level of aggression that I had not experienced. Um, so I just am, hmm. there is something happening and there's a shift coming that's not a good one. And I can feel it, I can feel it in the people that I serve because the advice I used to give before was like manageable. It's like, okay, make a little more here, budget tighter here. And now it's like, that doesn't work. Unless mm-hmm. I don't eat, don't this, don't like it. Yeah, it's just really worrying. And I'm not really sure what to do about it. I just, yeah. Um, you say you mentioned a tipping point and I also, it makes me think of what's happening in New York very much on our doorstep is the migrant crisis and the mm. fact that the, 
governor of Texas and legislators there bust migrants from the border to, you know, these coastal cities like New York, D.C. Um, and New York has like you, the picture you were painting of Atlanta is what downtown you know, Manhattan has been looking mm -hmm. like because all these migrants are here and they don't have anywhere to go. They're overrun with housing. And New York actually has this law that a lot of people didn't realize or didn't know about so much until now that if you come to New York, you're guaranteed a roof over your head. Mm -hmm. I forget what the law is called. So a lot of, um, you know, people, these migrants, when they get here, you know, they're just like shepherded here and used as a political football. But then they're like, oh, New York has this guaranteed housing thing. Let's tell everyone. And so New York's kind of becoming <sighs> like, more of a destination yes. because of this policy which is you know proliferating that problem we already couldn't handle the unhoused yeah. before this these migrants came however and it is it's become very partisan republicans sent them here to make a point yeah. that you know your lack of immigration policy reform i know that it's everyone's but yes. of course point the finger at democrat at democrats yeah. like what what if it's on your doorstep yes. would you be as lackadaisical as yes. you have been about this kind of issue and you know what the reality is they kind of have a point yeah sometimes you need it to be on your own goddamn doorstep yes. in your face yes. hurting your and you know your nostrils yeah. being in, in you know assaulted by the stench your your um your life at risk and then you can just expand the same argument the same thing out to so many other issues gun violence yes you know, until it's your child. Yes. I didn't care about kids and I'll admit it until I had my own, yeah. <laughs> which is a damn shame. Yeah. There's like a lack of empathy, a yeah. lack of caring for people that are out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what the uh, solution for that is other than, you know, the pandemic took away the distractions that so many of us had to stop from looking at these issues. Yeah. And when things got back to normal they're worse than before we went right back to our old habits yeah. our old ways and if anything and they're worse than ever and i think to myself of like because i was talking to a couple of like um, some of my young mentees and you know they felt immune because the you know they were gigging it to success you know they social media TikTok, and well i'm making money I'm making money so much of that has dried up honestly and now they're like wait you mean to tell me that youtube is not going to save me so what do mm -hmm. I do now? And so that's what's coming up. And they're like, I think I have to get a job. This is what I've heard from a few of my you know, young mentees, but I'm not even mm -hmm. sure what does that look like? I haven't had one. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm <laughs> gonna lie. I feel like Chicken Little, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. <laughs> and honestly, oh God, I, I know. That makes me worried for Generation Z. And they, what is it after them? I don't know. Yeah. But thinking that influencer, is yes any different than a i mean or on or you know influencer and entrepreneur i suppose you could call influencing entrepreneurial yeah. sure but unless you got a business case yes. a business structure a business plan you treat it like a business um that'd be like mcdonald's you know only ever serving french fries yeah. like we're a french fry restaurant yes. come get your french fries and ignoring the other ways, the other, you know, things, products and services that people need yeah. um, to diversify their their own revenue streams. And I've always I've had I've taken that approach as an influencer myself. Yes. I don't think of myself as an influencer first at all. At all. That money, if I get it, and if you know, I don't do I have like two brand partners um this year. Mm -hmm. Um and even then you probably don't know because I don't post that. I don't have relationships where it's like post a reel every day, yeah. you know. Um, but anyway, when I take them and it is, you know, it can be great, but I'm not expecting nope. to have that money replicated because first of all, I worked in marketing. I know what happens to those budgets when the economy is bad. Uh -huh. Bye. You're the first one. For real. It's true. <laughs> yep. No, it's absolutely um, true because... I mean, they have to like, you know, marketing, I feel like it's like the first thing to cut. I mean, like you mm -hmm. said, like, you know, we, we, um, um, affiliate stuff is stuff that we kind of were doing on the side. And literally I was like, uh oh, because we all got these messages in September saying, or it was August saying tap, 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 tap. So, so great that you share our links. You could continue to do so, but we don't have any Monday. I was like, literally within one week, like four or five of the people that we have these relationships with said, and I was like, you know, I told oh, the like the affiliate links, yes. like the, that's how the, I knew. You, 
Mm-hmm. For every customer, we give you 25 yeah, cents or so whatever. whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah. okay. You know, but we always, I kind of knew that already. So we always planned for like, okay, that's a smaller part of the business. But I wasn't shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what one thing we did learn is that like, because some, some places we drive a good amount of traffic. So we would reach out and say like, hey, that's fine. But we have this like, um, like I was doing the literature challenge six months later. Like, because we're, now we're doing it twice a year. And I said, we're doing the challenge, but thanks for letting us know. We'll just take you out. They were like, wait, 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 wait. Because sometimes they won't have, it's not that the marketing budget is cut completely. It's just, they're using it more wisely. And so they were like, Tiffany, you're, you know, so there's some of them we were like, oh, okay, let's continue the relationship and just monitor. All right, VA fam, stay tuned for more from Brown Ambition. Hey, VA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, this message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with Afterpay and clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know, we work hard and we play hard. But when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment automated investment and savings app can help it do keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what, I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. And we are back with more from Brown Ambition. Yeah, one of the things I, I peeped very early on when I started the Budgetista was I remember just because nobody wanted to rock with me as a black woman in the financial space serving black women, 
and they made it very clear. That's why um, I said I have to create my own, like um, almost like um, like create my own farm on my own homestead. Because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I might not be able to go to the supermarket, which is partnering with stores because everybody else, all my other friends were able to do so. And so I'm so glad I did. You know, I built my own things on the Budgetista. I built the Literature Academy. We have this podcast. So we were building our own things. And so when those things go up and down, certainly I'm not happy about it, but it's not like that's mm-hmm. the whole business, which is like, whew, thank God for that, you know? But um, yeah. yeah. So I, I, when I see influencers, you know, send tens of thousands of people to this company, I'm like, you could also be influencing to your own product and service. Spend that time mm-hmm. to create something for yourself. So that way, when yeah. they say no, you still have something. Yeah, absolutely. We're just checking our bank account balance for BA and like- Oh, it's cute over there. This. I know, right? It's cute or whatever. It's nice for me. It's like, so go ahead and go ahead and take, put a little something. I don't I'm know like, how I became the CFO of Brown. I know, really. I don't even be looking. Probably I just because I like, know the password. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, because you know, I'm, I'm renovating now. The kind of, I'm like, ooh, I guess I will get that yeah. tile. Ew. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the, and, and the reason I checked is because your point about, you know, they will spend- um, you know, where they're, where they, they're just more judicious about spending their marketing dollars. And that's where I'm just, and in the light of like, like you said, this economy and the tightening in the economy, a lot of marketing dollars being gone. Mm -hmm. And yet Brown Ambition, our biggest year for revenue. Yep. Um, Quality. Yeah. We didn't care about money until like year six. But quality. Yeah. That's the key. Quality audience, engaged audience. And so, Yo, like, we love you. <laughs> I mean, no, for, for real though, it's true that like that it's not everybody doesn't get cut. I mean, certainly, you know, but like everyone doesn't get cut because if you bring yeah. quality, if you, you know, mm-hmm. if you, you know, because consistency, yes, yeah, people just someone's always going to need to market or whatever it is that they're doing. And if there's a thousand people, you know, they might keep the top five. And so, if you bring excellence to the table, I always tell this to my mentees: if you bring excellence to the table. A, a space at the table will always be made for you, you know, or yes. better yet, you might have your own table where you're like, oh, we eat good over here either way. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, no, I just, yeah, I love that for us. Cause I'm saying, I think to myself, you know, when I started the, um, my mentor, Tiffany.com, like my mentor, first of all, my mentees came out and I'm having dinner with them tonight in Atlanta. Oh, you know, we know I'm going to do that at the Brown Boost. But, you must. Yes. But um, yeah, new Atlanta must go hard for the budget. <laughs> Yeah, tickets sold out. But um, but um, but one of the things that like I have just learned, like I said, is that like, what can you create, like you know, and how can you bring excellence to the table? That typically is takes a, a like consistent investment of your time and energy. Like that's why I love like seeing how you created money, Mandy Money Makers, because you learn firsthand being on the other side. Like oh, someone could just decide, mm-hmm. nope, we don't want you. You know, like wait, 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 wait. But when it's yeah. your thing, like it really is like, as long as I'm willing to show up and put in the work, although it might be really hard work and sometimes it's overwhelming, it sometimes it just seems like so much, at least it's in your hands. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can, yeah, no, a thousand percent. I didn't, I was very uncomfortable with want with like the waiting for a check because mm-hmm. even if you do have these relationships like mm-hmm. <laughs> you ain't gonna see that money right away it's <laughs> 30 very days, like 60 it's day, funny 90 day. <laughs> shout out to my shout out to my admin lauda because if i do not respond to her invoice within an hour i get the ping on slack hey mm-hmm. submit the invoice hey <laughs> i'm like well i'm gonna get to it today i promise you <laughs> and also it takes my shit like 60 days to come through i'm yeah. like telling these brands like hey top top yes <laughs> where's my money anyway i really hated that feeling um and because of that i do pay very very swiftly yes okay lauda okay amber yeah. on social that is my rule as a small business owner yes. when i navigate with contractors and small businesses i don't play about their money because mm. i know one week two weeks like what that can do to a business and so yeah. like i do not yeah I do not play it. And even like, I know you, you hear Mandy and I, I mean, if you haven't listened from the very beginning, you wouldn't know our humble beginnings of like how, you know, money was tight for a long time. You yeah. know, per- personally. Humble you- beginning. I'm in the humble now. <laughs> I'm trying to hang with you, Tiff, in your rich auntie lifestyle. 
But even still, let me tell you about the, the situation. The thing is, I've been getting the money while I've been having the, you know, the children and the family. And it's like, where? <laughs> I'm breaking my own. If you don't want to, if you want to follow my advice to not have lifestyle inflation, don't have kids. Oh. You heard it from me first. You, I'm like, when am I ever going to feel like I have money again? <laughs> you will. But I have to say, honestly, I live so far below my means. Like, yeah. so even when you see me pop out, like, oh my gosh, you bought a condo. Know that I live at one point, especially when I was like raking in the dough, I was living at 10% of what I was making, you know, and it was yeah. still good money, but meaning that I've always been conscious that, you know, if, if I make a tremendous amount of money, say like seven figures in a year, I'm not going to live, live at half, half a million dollars. I'm not. You know, mm-hmm. because one, I think I can live a really great life at like, you know, one, two, Manny and I, I, not that everyone has to do this. I'm big on like buying things in full. So I don't have to worry about a month to month to month because I like to keep my month to month in a way that if everything goes wrong, I'm still okay. Even when I bought my condo, if y'all remember, like my financial advisor, Anjali was like, well, it would be my advice that you get a mortgage and because you're a high net worth individual we could probably get you an interest rate a special behind the scenes interest rate which i was like that seems unfair but i'll take it um <laughs> that like you know that like you don't have to get a regular person's interest rate that we can like negotiate with the bank you know for high net worth individuals to get you like a lower interest rate and i told her i said honestly i would prefer to buy the condo cash and she's like i knew you're gonna say mm-hmm. that i said now knowing my financial picture i know that the best solution is to get, you know, put a decent amount down and to mortgage it and then to put that cash to work in the market. I know that that's the best solution, but is it a bad choice? Like, is it like really, really bad for my finances if I purchase it cash? Because there's two different things, you know? And she was Mm -hmm. like, well, it's not a bad financial choice. It's not going to harm you financially. Ideally, would have would love to put more money in the market for you, but you've already capped. Like, there's a certain amount every year that I like to that I want to put up in order to reach my financial goals. She's like, you've already done that. This would just be excess to that, and certainly this excess to, can will likely grow faster than sitting in your house. But I know you, Tiffany. You like to keep mm-hmm. your monthly expenses low, and sure enough, I'm so glad I did that in the beginning because I bought the house very early on in the beginning of the year. Um, and I'm so glad because this was our, t- one of our toughest budget Nista years yet, as far as like business. And so I, we didn't right. do nearly as well. I didn't make nearly as much. But the one thing I wasn't stressed about is my monthly, my monthly expenses did not increase. So I wasn't like, huh, oh, oh, I got my new mortgage. Mm-mm. They basically stayed the same, relatively speaking, like a few hundred dollars here and there, you know, but basically stayed the same. And for me, the peace of mind of knowing that even if something, I knew we were going to have a rough year this year, I could feel it. Even when that yeah. happens, I had kind of like already, like I, the car I own is paid off. The home that I live in outside of the condo, the home that I live in currently paid off. Like my bills are such that I can manage on very relative little to what I make. Tiffany, how do you, how do you, that's so unrelatable. I'm sorry, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like the pullback is this. Can is we it. get some? So here's a relatability. How problem. do you, no, I'm curious, because like, for me, that's unrelatable at this point. I, and I'll admit it, I went Tiffany. Went you to love Tiffany? me no matter what, right? Okay, yes. I was like, I thought right? said you went to Tiffany's. I'm like, what you buy Tiffany's? <laughs> My husband wishes. No, we we literally, when I tell you, I don't know what, he has like disassociated from reality so hard. When we went to the mall this weekend, just for something to do, or last week, he, he was like, let's go into the Rolex store. I was like, and I was like, yeah, let's take our two kids and go in there and pretend like we can afford any of these college tuition, you know, timepieces. And Rio was running around and I was just like, yeah, you want to try one on? Hey, sir, can we try on your most expensive Rolex? I can't wait. Can my three year old, do you have it in his? And Ricky's like, never mind. Get out. He was so mad. <laughs> anyway, but we went to Pottery Barn or okay. one of these, I forget, Crate and Barrel. I we want I want new bedding. I want my bed to look like a picture. Okay. My bed looks ratchet, okay? <laughs> Even when the cleaning ladies fix it, it looks ratchet. Okay. Because Molly has chewed through things. It doesn't look pretty like it used to anyway. And I wanted like and I was like, I want that picture. And I chose the bedding and got everything. Da, 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 da. And um I put it on Afterpay. Okay. In three, but I chose the three payment option. Okay. So I would have zero interest because now Afterpay is like, oh, you want six to 12 month options? Well, we're going to charge you mm. like extra fees and you do end up paying more than it costs. But one thing I hate doing is paying more than something costs just to have more time to do it. So anyway, but that's my, um, no, I don't, 
And here's that's the thing. My, that's I, my confession. I learned early on that like whatever it took, I had to figure out a way. I wasn't always able to. I had to figure out a way to live under my means. That's how I mm-hmm. got here. So like I it know. was like literally I was living in a room. I was 30 something years old and I was like living under my means meant renting a room. A bunch of my friends also have rented rooms in that same. And I was between the ages, I want to say 29 to 33. I did that. Most people are like, oh, I can never do that. And you might have kids or whatever, but I'm just saying that. And I, I remember I drove like the rattiest car, which I was like, I would likely walk more often. There were times when I did speaking engagements when I'm like, they wanted to like, you know, park my car. And I was pretty I certain it wouldn't car. turn back on. I remember that car. So I was like, that white car. Oh, my You goodness. could hear it. I mean, you really could. <laughs> and there were times when I'm like, I'm just going to park down the street and walk up. And so I'm not yeah. saying people are like, oh, I won't do that. Get, I get it. But for me, it was like I had to figure out two things, how to make extra income. I babysat, I tutored, I started the business, but, you know, whatever that kind of looked like. And then I really had to viciously cut back on my expenses to create space to then invest in my life. And so to me, the investment was in my business. Yours might be investing in the market. It might be investing in bonds. It might be. But that's really what it is. You have to create financial space. And in the beginning, you might not be able to do that. So you just try to create space so you can just pay your bills on time. I would say for the first three years, it was like, I just don't want to be in the negative, which I was. I mean, there's times when I was like, I just don't have it. There's just my account just says negative and I will call and cry on the phone and be like, mm-hmm. well, what can I do? Like that was life, you know, for the longest, like this part of my life is the newest part of my life, you know, yeah. but it, I only got here from a place. And still, I still use those same principles, which is I still live tremendously under what I make and you know but not from a place of like I feel like I'm depriving myself y'all know I just came back from vacation but even then I was like can I use points you know what are other ways to go about you know like I mean Anjali tells me all the time and I probably do I underspend yeah so to be honest and I've been wondering like I should just say it because I want to I want to be transparent and I was just talking to my um I posted about my six-figure book deal Mm -hmm. um because it was it is okay it's a fact (laughs) on IG because I wanted to share just like you have with me been so generous with how it happens. I wanted to, I want to spread the message. Here's how you get a nonfiction book done. Here's how I did it rather. So the focus wasn't on the headline. I did the, I did my journalist thing. I want to grab attention, (laughs) get you to the caption. Right. But in doing that, I, uh, my husband, for example, doesn't really listen to the podcast because you know, he gets enough of me at home and he, told me oh my coworkers, they think we're rich or something um because they saw your post on ig and i was like wait, 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 wait. yeah first of all no second of all they don't understand book math yes. and all this stuff and they just read the headline and saw and i never want to be putting up oh i would hate don't tip the minute you see me fronting and acting <laughs> like i got when i don't because how much of that six, six figures is in my pocket right now you know exactly because it, it pays out over how like much? that two year span zero i haven't even got the contract signed i haven't you know i don't get my first check till then and even then it's like the cut there and the cut there and the agency and the taxes and all that anyway but my reality is like i have struggled i haven't struggled to create income as a business owner and i and to anyone who looks at me and i know some mandy moneymakers have mentioned that i have to remind them yes i started mandy moneymakers in 2021 but i had eight years of brown ambition uh, six years whatever it was before that i had you know, a brand that I was building. Mm -hmm. I I had like a foundation, a platform that you don't have when you just like, if I had started a bakery probably would have been tougher. Yes. You know what I mean? But it was very aligned with what I've been doing so far. So I had given myself a head start there, but anyway, didn't have trouble creating income streams. Haven't gotten financially good at um, maintaining a budget on income that fluctuates. Mm. And I'll be the first to admit. So because of these things like, you know, oh, I'll get like a great deal, but you're not going to see that money for a few months. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to get the money and I'm not stressed. But then this bill and this tuition payment mm-hmm. is due. And it's like, oh, well, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's good. <laughs> so that I'm I don't have enough. I don't have so much coming in that it saves me from those months where I'm like, hmm, mm-hmm. we poor, but like we're not poor, yes. but like we are, you know? Well, and um, cause that's because you don't have a big enough pot. So I used to, I t- it took me a while, a few years to learn like, oh, mm-hmm. that person is not paying me. They're paying the pot and the pot pays me. Mm-hmm. And so it took me, now here's the thing, the pot can't pay you if it don't have anything in it. 
mm-hmm. know? And so it took a while to kind of build up pot reserves and to the point now where the pot pays me either way. Yeah. That no, takes, that you know, pot. and that's okay because that, it takes time. So slowly but surely as money comes in, you said a little bit aside from I'm the, the only person on my payroll and I miss payroll <laughs> in August. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Can we keep it 100? Not only did I miss payroll, I didn't even realize I missed it. And then I got into this whole shenanigans with QuickBooks. They're like, we're going to close your account. Are your, your accounts in collections? Cause they had paid me. They like fronted me the money for my own paycheck. Okay. That should have been, it was that I hadn't moved the money cause I was on maternity leave and I hadn't moved money from savings to my, you know, checking and my business because I didn't have any checking over the summer cause I didn't make no money. I was. Mm-hmm having a baby yes. and not getting a paycheck. You guys want to know what entrepreneurship is? Is that? <laughs> and so I had it in savings. It wasn't in my checking account. Didn't realize that I got the emails and I'm just reading the first line like, oh, money. Okay. Payroll something. Da, 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 da. Must be fine. And I just like go ahead only to find out those emails were like collections emails because they want their money back because they gave me the money. And then what happened to your girl? Tiff, I've never felt so ashamed and broke, oh. but like real talk. Just to balance, just to balance the beautiful. And I'm not taking anything away from you. You deserve you there. I know. Okay. So let me tell this story without you thinking it's because I'm trying to like make you feel some type of way. You know that you're good. Okay. And we all love it. But I have two online only banks for my personal and for my business bank account. Mm -hmm. Online only. I love it. Why go to a bank? Who needs them? I don't even carry a wallet anymore. I got Apple Pay. I'm all, you know, in the, in the metaverse and all that kind of stuff. So QuickBooks want their money. They decide they only want me to wire it. Only a bank wire. But I can't, but they won't accept a bank wire from an online only bank. Are you kidding? So no. So a long story short, somehow I get the wrong, bad, bad intel from QuickBooks. I end up in my infinite wisdom thinking somehow that if I get the cash out of my business account, I can go to any bank and get a wire transfer. It's stupid. Don't listen. Don't <laughs> listen to why I th- the person was very persuasive and wrong. So I'm, but then there's a limit on how much cash you can take out of an ATM for your online only bank. Mm-hmm. And turns out mine was, um, um, wait, like five, no, 2000 a day. And I needed like 4000 or something mm-hmm. like that. And not only that, but the ATM had a limit on how much mm-hmm. you can withdraw at one time. So I'm sitting there trying to figure out like, can I do 500 at a time? So I'm at the ATM, like 500, insert your car, 500, <laughs> beep, 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 insert your card again. I'm just going to keep going. The blue vine that my bank blue vine is like, oh uh, yeah, just keep going. I don't know. Maybe it's 500, maybe it's 600 the limit. Just keep trying. <laughs> I get the money out. Uh-huh. I go to the bank. They're like, yeah, idiot. We can't wire transfer cash money. <laughs> you don't have an account. <laughs> Like, who are you coming off the street with this money that probably came from, I don't know, something nefarious. So I go back to my car. I go back to my car. And then I'm like, I have this money. How do I put it back in my online oh my account? This is over two days of me going to the ATM. Because again, it was too much for one day. So I had to go back. So I go, I'm like, at the ATM, like, can I just, where's the hole to put it back in the internet? Oh my God. Oh my God. Where's the internet hole? <laughs> And I, and it turns out, oh, well, you can go to our, you know, call the bank. Oh, you can go to our, our, um, our fee free, you know, locations, um, where you can, we accept cash deposits. Turns out Walmart is not within like a 50 mile radius of where I live. And the other ATMs like weren't working for deposit. And in the meantime, I go to even think I can deposit this cash at an ATM, my local CVS. And I'm like walking up to the ATM and looking at my wallet and I'm like, where's that debit card? Oh, I left it in the ATM at the bank. Oh my God. This is the shit I go through. So when y'all think about, when you think about Mandy Money and her six figure book deal (laughs) and the business that is thriving and those things are true. Mm -hmm. But what's also true is I am a real person with the same expenses and, you know, and I do, like you said, I keep my lifestyle very reasonable, Mm but the cost, the cost and the demand on the dollars is, you know, at this point, I'm figuring out that balance and trying to like be always ready and I'm not. And it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't love it, but I also know this is the way through and I have to just like keep going. Ooh, that was therapeutic. No, that's good. And honestly, here you are seeing me at year 15, Yeah. right? And it's really yeah. only been the last, I'm going to say five years that I'm like, oh, we're going to be okay. 
So think yeah. about 10 years of like what Mandy's oh. describing. That's what it was like. Like I, I can remember wow. Gerald and I were living in the halfway hood. And um, so- I was like ripping my cuticles to shreds as I was telling that story. That's how <laughs> the, the stress. No, because it's normal entrepreneurship. We were living in the halfway hood. And by halfway hood, we were literally living in, in, in subsidized housing because mm-hmm. he worked for housing. And um, as a result, they wanted him to be, quote, unquote, on campus. So, I mean, it was pretty, I think, you know, these were townhouses, but still, it's housing. I'm such your apartment. Yeah, yeah but still, it's housing, right? And so our, mm-hmm. our rent was only like 920 because he lived, you know, he worked where he lived. Um, I can remember literally coming out the front door of housing and a young woman coming out and looking at me. And I look at her and she's looking at me. I look at her and she said, but Janista, with her confused. <laughs> and I was like, hey. She said, I just took your webinar. I was like, oh. So I'm trying to deflect because I know what she wants to ask, but I'm like, we're not going to. I'm like, that's oh. okay. I hope you learn. And da, da, da. Okay, I got to go. But then she's like, does she live in housing with me? I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I the know. truth of the matter is, it was, I mean, I'm saying it like, well, that's because Jarrell worked there. Now, that's what we could afford too, child. Because mm-hmm. before I lived, moved in with Jarrell, I was paying $500 a month for a room. That's what yeah. I could afford. So I just share that like the road is not easy and it might not end in where I am now. Because honestly, I'm not going to lie. I'm still very conscious that like the shit can fall through now too. I mean, I mean, certainly mm-hmm. I've been like... Ugh. For if I'm being all the way candid, Mandy, for all the money that I have made in business, uh, I don't have half of it left over, and not from misspending as like Tiffany, but I I didn't know how to run business. I mean, mm-hmm. I think certainly there was a lot of overpayment, you know, as far as employees were concerned, um, just overspending yeah. on certain things like you know like marketing and and, and, and but not getting the return. I mean, for all the money I've made, girl, I should literally be like 1% of the 1%. You know, I've made over $50 million Mm -hmm. in business. I don't have $20 million. I don't have $10 million. You know what I mean? I'm just like, for Mm -hmm. what I've made. And so sometimes there's like, you know, I don't want to say shame, but I'm like, damn. Well, you're talking to your versions of Tiffany's who are like different or done something different or had guidance or been there longer. And it's like the comparison up. Yes, you know? because I'm just looking like, dang. I mean, I had a friend who in yeah. business made $40 million in business in over the last two or three years, and she has 20 of it. I was like, mm. how? Do you know how like, my heart was like, oh, that's so great for you. But I was like. But launching, but the thing is, the tools that that person used and a lot of us are using today didn't exist yes. when you started and you were building everything and you had your team and all this kind of stuff. So it's also like perspective. Yes. No, you I got to give myself the grace and space, yeah. but I'm just, I'm sharing that like as good as it seems that I have done, when I mm-hmm. have tell you, I literally made so many tax errors. I want to say, especially when the business starts to take off, that oh, Tiff. it cost, no, no, girl, we're, we're at that, we're at, at about seven figures of, of, of financial mistake. Like I probably had to pay out an additional million dollars because of the tax mm. error. Like literally Ouch. for like almost two or three years straight. Every time I got a tax bill, on top of my regular taxes, I remember the last bill that I got, I just was like, at some point, it has to, something has to change. It was $250,000. And I was like, what can I do? I mean, because of Tell me like, more, because that makes me feel better about my $7,000 IRS bill that I still don't know what the hell. I just took a screen. I was like, I just, I can't process this and right that wasn't now. A regular, I'm going to take like, a picture. And upload it to my accountant portal and let her figure it out and tell me. <laughs> Thankfully, we had this, we had this awesome accountant, Angie, who used to work for the IRS, who after like all the mess, because I didn't really know how to hire, I didn't know how to, she was like, we have to unearth what's happening here. Cause I was getting a bill, I felt like every month. And finally, she got through the IRS, was like, what's going on? Fix all the paperwork. And the IRS was like, yes, but it's been years. So you have to pay those back taxes on top of, the fees on top of that. No, we won't waive them. And it was, when I tell Oof. you, it was, I mean, I, I've not added it up, but for as many six figure bills as I've gotten, I, I if we, if it's not at a million, it's not that far from it. Can you imagine? That's like, mm. like that I've had to pay. And that's money from Tiffany. I'm not talking about, oh, the business. No, 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 no. Because I'm an S Corp. I know, look at Mandy's face like, I can't. Because I'm an S Corp. So it's passed through meaning. What that means is that, let's just say your business makes $100,000. I'm an S Corp too. Right. And so if your business makes a hundred thousand dollars and then you spend 50 on running the business, the government says you have to pay taxes only on the 50 left over. 
Now, mm-hmm. if you save some of that 50 in the business, let's just say you say, oh, I'm going to put 20 in my emergency account for business. The government says, I don't care. Mandy, mm-hmm. you still owe taxes on the 50 not spent on business. And you might say, I'm going to put another um, 10,000 10, aside because I want to do a project later. The government says, I don't care. Any mm-hmm. money not and on an S Corp or LLC, any money not spent on the business for you, the person, you have to pay taxes on that money. And Why so, isn't daycare a business expense? <laughs> How am I supposed to business if the kids are here? I can't business. Girl. There is no business if there's no child care. And so just imagine uh. that million dollars basically in the, over the last few years that I've had to pay. That's money that if I didn't have to pay that to the IRS for all these mistakes would have landed into my account. Mm. So like, just like really like, hey, let that suck in, right? And so- Biggie was right, more money, more power. I mean, it's hard around here in these parts. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, I know it sounds like somewhere like unrelated, like, but it's just, me and Mandy are sharing this because it's just- uh, It feels good for one thing. I don't, yeah. And plus, I don't be know what I'm doing. I mean, I know it's it seems too like, stressful to pretend like I got it all fucking know, figured out. Every day we it's, be making it up. I don't know. When my team asks me, I'm like, girl, you know, I don't know. I know just as much as you. And the only thing I do know is that through past experiences, it helps to inform to help me make better decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't know. I've never been in this position. Like, how do you, how do you launch a workbook version of your book? I don't know. But I do know how to mm-hmm. launch a book because I did that. And so I use some of those things and some of it is working and some of it's not. Every, all that, you're, it's like a being a parent. Every day is new. You know, mm-hmm. when Rio turns five, you'll have never had a five-year-old before. You're going to have to figure out what it's like to have a five-year-old. And so when the baby is two, you're like, okay, I've had a two-year-old before, but I've never had a two-year-old when I also had an older kid. So all you do is that you take oh, your knowledge from the past. a different example. I'm going to be stressed. <laughs> and then you do your best. And so I just, just And know- then you try to look back on it without being too Yes, harsh. hard on yourself. Yeah. That's and also that goes for y'all too who are listening. Yes. Damn it. Because we're not perfect and you don't sit there judging. <laughs> yes. It's easy to judge. But also I think, I mean, we can be vulnerable with our audience. Yes. I feel like our audience gets it. But um. I get really worried when people come through Mandy Moneymakers and I found out they want to be a coach. And I'm like, did I make it seem too easy? It's not. (laughs) I had a career for a long time for a reason. But you know what I realized? Um, Brown Ambition, the thing that we made together, has become the consistent, beyond my course, the consistent, one of the consistent income streams that I have. And I'm so grateful for it. Um, I'm just like, more of those, please. But I'm a baby business, okay? No, I mean, we all make it. And that's why we have this podcast and we share, and Mandy and I share with each other because I don't know all the things. There's times when I'm like, Mandy, because you've worked on the corporate side, what am I doing wrong here? She's done, she's literally Mm -hmm. done um, like trainings for my, for my um, employees because she has a set of knowledge and a skill set that I don't have. And so it's important as you are navigating, whether you work in corporate or whether you work, you know, you have your own business or whatever, that you network. Um, Issa Rae said it best. Everybody wants to network vertically. Everybody wants, but Beyonce and Oprah are busy. Network mm-hmm. horizontally. Like, hey, I know this thing, Mandy, but you know that thing can be exchanged. So that horizontal yeah. network is so critical. So you might be far ahead in one space, but there's another space. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And so- like, Yeah, don't yeah. network with me about taxes. I'm still figuring that shit out. <laughs> Not me either, shit. I finally, I think, yeah. I haven't gotten a letter in a long time. You know, I don't think anyone has their taxes figured out. This country's messed up. It is. So okay. this has been a super long therapeutic episode. So we're going to say goodbye, farewell, I be the same, I do. We're going Julie Andrews with that. Okay. <laughs> I but, felt like there was like, when the beat drops, goodbye. <laughs> but that's okay, because we're going to see you guys on Friday for BAQA, where if you have questions about business, career, personal finances, we are here. So you're two smart, cute, brown girlfriends. Um, we'll help you out there. But until then, I mean, honestly, we'd love your feedback. Like, I mean, tweet us, DM us on Instagram. Like, you know, what are you struggling with? You know, even, we, I mean... I would just love, even if you want to do like an anonymous, we might do that in like a BAQA. And sometimes you just mm-hmm. want to be like, I just want, I need to tell somebody anonymously the struggle that I'm having, even if you're not wanting advice. You know, we'd welcome that yeah. too. Sometimes we just need to 
Say the Say thing it out, out loud. loud. Yes, exactly. So. Oh, jinx. Oh, maybe that should be a section, a segment of BAQA, Say It Out Loud. A sex shift. Oh, sorry, what? <laughs> no, I said a section of BAQA, Say It Out Loud. Oh, not me scratching my itchy arm. <laughs> for I real. Got hot like, talking about my finances. <laughs> but for real, you know, like BAQA may have like, you don't even want advice. You just want to say it out loud. Let's, let's consider. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dump your stuff on us. We're like a priest. But <laughs> internet. Anyway, um, <laughs> let the beat drop goodbye. I do, I do, I do, I do, take you, bye. This is why I don't sing the songs. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs>